Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive, where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George, and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you today with Dr. Annie White. Annie has a doctorate in Eastern Medicine, and after thousands of hours of patient visits coupled with research on neuroscience and neuroplasticity, she developed the Calm Code to help reduce anxiety, irritability, anger, overwhelm, and improve stress and health overall. In this episode, Annie and I chat about why the typical advice to lower stress doesn't really work and what we can do instead based on her research on neuroplasticity, neuroscience, and also her own story of applying her methods and overcoming some difficult times in her life. This is a great episode. You don't want to miss this conversation. So grab your drink of choice and join us. Hi, Annie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited to learn more about you and learn more about how you've been helping people navigate through stress and and kind of manage it and overcome it in some ways and, and live better lives. I am more than happy to dive in. Awesome. Well, let's start with you because that's what I always do on the show. (laughs) I always start with my guest and their story. I think everyone has a story as to why they're doing such important work like this. So, well, most of the reason I do this is just because I'm so perfect. And I, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Okay. I will take you, I'll take you deep and dirty first. So, I am on the floor of my living room, on the hardwood floor in the living room, and I can't get up. And I am crying so hard I'm hyperventilating because my husband just walked out the door and left me. I felt desperate and hopeless and like I was a failure, really. And in that moment, I realized 
that I needed all of the tools that I had been giving my own patients that I had made for them for the past decade. So I put them to work for myself and I dedicated myself to it. And I said, okay, you know what? It's like my Hail Mary at the end of the game, you know, shooting the basket from from half court. Mm -hmm. And even two weeks in, not a whole lot changed. But about four weeks in, I started feeling so much better. Then at six weeks, even better. And at three months, I was better than I had been. And once that happened, I made it my mission to get this into the hands of every single person who needs it. That's how I knew that I had to get this out to people because it works and it's changed my life. And you don't make fun of me, but not even three weeks before that, my husband had fallen down the stairs. I, I thought a Mack truck had gone through our house. I was sitting in my bedroom. I hear this huge noise. I think a Mack truck is smashing through the front door. I call out to him. I have no answer, right? I run downstairs. He is face down, head contorted on the ground, not moving. And I'm like, oh my God. And in that moment, I thought, if he doesn't live, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm not going. We're done. I am yeah. done here. But still, wow. it didn't occur to me to use the tools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just gonna say, like oh these are tools. These are tools you already were practicing yes. with, and your patients were using. And I designed them. Yes, I know. So, right? I'm I'm the stress expert. I can't need those. That's not you no. Just, you just help knows? others, right? <laughs> right. You're, you're immune no, to stress. I'm, I'm per I am totally perfect. I don't know where that, but no. Wow. Wow. But honestly, I think part of the healthcare provider mindset is we should have it figured out. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was mm -hmm. a big block for me. You know, finally when he left, I was like, oh, there's something really wrong with me, with me here. Right. You know? Right. I could see and that. And even in a moment where I considered taking my own life, I couldn't like get it, you know? So people get to this point. And I, what I'm saying is I don't think anyone is immune to stress or the effects of stress or what it can do to our brains. And then the tragedy of what can come after. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to ask, like, there's, you know, I'm all about living in the present, right? And, and that's one of the things that people commonly advise you to do is stay present, right? And do things that keep you present. And then sometimes I think like I'm, I'm, I'm a warrior by nature. So I am mm -hmm. someone that can think of pretty much any scenario. And sometimes it does come true. And sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> so a bit of anxiety, I guess there as well. But like, you don't have to go into detail about your marriage or anything. But did you ever think that that would happen? Or were you no. Were you completely surprised, right? So because we're also taught not to think about, I guess, or conditioned well, not to think about the possibilities of tragedies in our lives as well, so as not to create them for ourselves in a way. Correct. Although I do have to tell you that the stress before that time started invading my dreams. Mm. And I did actually have some dreams that he left me for like this nice little barista down the road who, you know, used to give him his coffee with all the smiles where I'm at home, a nightmare on feet, like screaming about every last thing and dishes. And that wasn't me. That wow. wasn't me, but it's who I became. Wow. Under high, high stress. 
Wow. So when that happened, did you feel a bit lost at first? I felt like a failure. You know, I feel like I was lost, but even deeper than that, I felt like I've, I, my whole career has been for nothing because if I could have had this figured out, this would never have happened. You know, I think in that moment I was being really hard on myself and Mm -hmm. really, and, you know, I was in a state, I think at that period of time of depression, you know, and, and when we are in that state, of course we go negative because our brain is wired to be more negative. So I didn't want to give myself any credit in that moment. I was just not happy basically. Yeah. So how do, I guess, how do your methods on on managing stress differ from the traditional like advice that we hear or that we receive? Like, what did you do differently? That's a good question. Well, the methods that I developed for my patients, because obviously I would never need these myself. Right. I'm just just kidding. (laughs) Right. right? I'm just kidding. But I hear you. (laughs) Um, The way that I figured them out is because my background is I have a doctorate in traditional Chinese medicine, in Eastern medicine. And in Eastern medicine, we don't really care about symptoms other than the fact that they're guideposts to the underlying reason, the root cause. Mm. So I was trying to figure out the root cause for stress. Like, what really is this? Why does this happen in our mind? And when I happened upon neuroplasticity, the way that our minds wire and rewire with every thought, action, and emotional stimulus, I knew I was onto something because then it started to make sense. Oh, okay. If people are stressed and then they keep thinking worrisome thought over tense thought over stressful thought over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. what happens? Well, then their mind becomes wired to be more stressed out over time. Okay. So that made a lot of sense. So I got there and I said, okay, now I have to work backward and figure out how to fix this. How do we fix this? And that's what my method is all about. It's about using concentrated time during the day because you have to do concentrated time because when your mind is wired towards stress, you can try to think positive thoughts. But if once you do, I mean, those stress networks, they're like the Incredible Hulk and they take over that fast, don't they? Mm -hmm. So I figured out neuroplastic exercises that had been proven by science that you sit down and you concentrate on for, I mean, the max amount I asked for is eight minutes twice a day. Hmm. And it's kind of like exercise for your body and you're rewiring your mind. Hmm. So it's kind of like if you pick up some weights, right? And you're trying to build your biceps and you lift those weights a few times. Well, not not much happens, you Mm -hmm. know, or if you go, if you just walk into the gym and you're like, oh, I'm just going to go to the gym, but you don't do any exercises, nothing changes, right? Right. You have to go to the gym and you say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym for 30 minutes. And right. Right. So have a plan, have a plan, but also commit to that amount of time Mm -hmm. doing those techniques or exercises or whatever you choose to do in order to make that change. Yeah. So walk me through that. Like what would, what would be examples of that? Yeah. So in the, in my book, the calm code, I take you through six weeks of different techniques and they're very specific techniques. And I go into great detail in the book. So let's say we're at week one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would say, all right, for three minutes, twice a day, I want you to find pictures that make you feel whatever positive emotions you want to feel. You can feel peaceful, joyful, playful, excited, 
you know, we could go through the myriad of positive emotions, but that stimulate those networks in your brain. Mm-hmm. And for that three minutes, twice a day, you are going to really focus on that. Mm-hmm. And okay? you're doing that straight for three minutes at a time. You are. And the reason that I divide it into two times a day, instead of just one time a day, you could do one time a day, but if you do three times a day, first of all, it's easier to focus because mm-hmm. it's a shorter amount of time. But second of all, you're setting your mind on those positive neural pathways two times a day instead of one time a day. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, love that. So that's an example of week one. So but then by week six, what are people, by week, where are they at? Yeah, by week six, you are at eight minutes twice a day. In week six, I give a visualization technique that I really love. And what's interesting about all of the techniques in my book is that I don't just concentrate on one one proven scientific rewiring method at a time. I combine them, mm-hmm. right? So I made these tools. I mean, I can I I can give you the overview, but it's almost impossible for me to really dive in and give you exactly what it is because it's more than one thing. Right. 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 Which what I would but, expect. Yeah. Yeah. But the visualization technique is very cool because positive emotion is where we start. It's where we stay and it's where we end. Because if you think about what you want, and if we're using it as a manifestation technique, yes, it can be used that way too. And of Mm -hmm. course, when you get what you want, your mind will also be wired to be calm and happy. But what we really want are the emotions that whatever we're going to manifest is going to evoke, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't want that relationship. You want to feel safe and loved and secure and confident or whatever you want that relationship to bring to you. Yes. Right. Yeah. That makes total sense actually. So do you find that like your, it sounds pretty like doable. Like, is that the feedback you get? Like, do people find that it's pretty um, easy to execute or implement? Yes, they love it. And because you're igniting those calm, happy, positive neural pathways in your brain, it's always fun. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'd actually, as we're chatting it, I actually sound like, I actually feel like I would look forward to doing them. (laughs) You do. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. You know, what's funny is I still do them. I mean, I treat them like exercise, but I'm human too. And like, I'll drop off right for a few days. I'm like, you know, I don't need that. Or I, and then I'll get back on it. Like I, I did this morning and I was like, oh my God, why, why haven't I been doing this? It feels so much better. Right. And, and is it because we're wired more negatively? So you are bringing up the most important point. Okay, great. Well, I love do you this. want to talk about that for a second? Yes, I do. I, I would love to talk about that. That's the challenge. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But that's the way we're built. Why? Because we are built to survive things. Okay. So our stress response is there to save our life. But what is coupled with our stress response? Worst case scenario thinking. Why? Because we have to avoid dicey situations. And it helps us if a bear is chasing us. It's fabulous. You know, it's like, what if another bear pops out of the woods? What if the branch breaks? What if I trip on a rock? What if, you know, you have to kind of pre-plan all of this in your mind as you're in that terrible situation. But when a woolly mammoth becomes a late car payment, we have a problem Mm -hmm. because we don't need to survive that late car payment. But our minds are wired to roll through those worst case scenarios every time the stressful thoughts come up. 
And that's how we're wired to be both stressed and negative. They're so hand in hand. Mm. I call it Debbie Downer syndrome. Do you remember Debbie Downer? Yes, exactly. Oh my God. I, I, was I, was, say, I know Debbie Downer, but I've never attached syndrome to it. <laughs> well, I call it, I call it Debbie Downer syndrome. <laughs> I and I was horrified when I'd realized I was becoming her. I mean, <laughs> I would have conversations with people and then I, I would be just zoom, so negative, you know, like one of her things was people invited her to a dinner party and she was like, well, I hope you don't have fish because my mercury <laughs> levels are sky high. Wah, wah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, somebody's going to start playing the want, want song. They're going to follow me. It's going to happen. But oh my it's because God. I went through this period that was so high stress that it wired my my mind to be not only stressed and anxious, but also, you know, that negative worst case scenario sort of thinking. And it, it almost becomes like hypersensitive, right? Like any stressor then becomes a big ordeal. Okay. So, so that's another good point. And okay. it's a separate. Okay. So the reason that that happens is because when your mind, like we talked about this, every mm -hmm. stressful thought wires your mind to be more and more and more stressed. Right. Now, I don't know how much time we have, but I can give you a pretty good analogy if you want. Yeah, you definitely. Yes. I'd okay. love for you to do that. Yeah. Okay. So you just got a new job. Okay. You are in charge of routing flights at American Airlines. Okay. Mm -hmm. You are the flight router. Okay. You don't care if the seats are comfy. You don't care about snacks. You route the flights. You get the people where they want to go. Yeah. In our conversation, the travelers are your thoughts. Hmm. And the flight paths and their connections are the neural pathways. So your boss calls. And your boss is like, oh, my God. Everyone is going to this new trendy place called Stressville. Everyone. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, we've got to come up with more connections and flight paths to get to Stressville because that's where everyone wants to go, right? Right. And that's what happens in your mind. Then your mind becomes dominated with those flight paths or neural pathways, right? Mm -hmm. And if your boss called three weeks later and said, hey, you know what? There's this new hip spot called Calm Town. People are going there. Then you would find the pathways and connections to get to Calm Town. And then those could dominate. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in the context of healthcare, so how do we protect ourselves? And maybe it's through your calm code, right? Essentially, or right. practicing it diligently, I would think. But how do we manage the day-to-day -day stress that we, because we do encounter the environmental stress, right? Definitely. So and so you made a good point before in that when your mind is not balanced, when your mind is built and wired, like we just talked about, to be more stressed, mm -hmm. stressful, even tiny little stressors can set us off those uh, down those pathways to stress build before we know it. So it's these little things that can become big things. Right. But when your brain is more balanced, you're much more better able to handle stress because you don't react the same way. It's like you have a fighting chance in that conversation. Not all of the scheduled flights are going to stress fill, right? Right. So you, you have that chance to make that decision and anything that you can do for yourself to build those calm, happy neural pathways is going to serve that purpose. Now, yes, I have a, a direct method to do that, but people can do whatever resonates with them. 
Mm-hmm. And now in maintaining this, so let's say people do the calm code and they they get through the six weeks, like if they're staying diligent and they're staying committed to it, do they kind of vary throughout like different techniques or tips throughout the book or do they kind of stay where they're at and then just continue from there? Like how do they self-manage, I guess? Good question. At the end of the book, I teach people how to combine the techniques every okay. way they want to. Oh, so that's okay. what's fun about it is that I like people to do each technique for a week just to see how it resonates with them. Right. And then at the end, you just combine it, but you can choose anything you want at any time you want. And my recommendation is when people get to the point that they're happy with how they're feeling, right? Mm-hmm. They're happy with how they're responding to their stress because there's never going to be a time when we're zero stressed. Exactly. That's not, it's not a thing, yeah. right? And, and yeah. we wouldn't even want it to be a thing because then we couldn't survive stuff. Right. right? Yeah. So true. But That's right. But just that their response is more balanced, then I do recommend five minutes twice a day, Mm -hmm. but even five minutes a day on weekdays. I mean, I'll even go. (laughs) I was just going to say, I'm just waiting for you to take take a little more. (laughs) I'll take it. But if something stressful comes up, like they have to move or they get a new job or a relationship collapses, someone passes away, something like that, they know to jump on those tools again, eight minutes, twice a day Yeah, to combat that stress, you know? Yeah. So when, when people come to you, Annie, do they ever find that some people are just resistant? Yes. All the time. Most people, most, because I'm assuming they're coming to you because, you know, they think you can help them. Right. But then when you explain all of this, do they, do they buy it in a way? I, you know, and I use that in air quotes, but, or do you find that they're a little resistant? I think everyone is resistant to change. And I think our brains are wired that way in a way. Like they're just wired to hold on to that, that pattern. Well, and work is work. Yeah. Work is effort and people in our society have taught not to love effort, right? Yeah. But that's why I tried to make, I I really did drill it down as small amount of time commitment as I absolutely possibly could. But yes, I talk about half a chapter in the book is about resistance and about how to overcome that resistance. Kobe Bryant, I love this this is what he used to do. Okay. Because, you know, obviously he was a star basketball player and everyone deals with resistance, even superstars. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what he would do with resistance is it would come up because it's going to, it's going to for everyone. And he would just go, Nope. Brilliant. No negotiation, no talking about it. Nope. No, he he's tired from shooting 500 baskets a day before, and he doesn't want to go practice. Nope. Well, that's pretty awesome. And he didn't judge himself for it. He didn't, you know, nope, just nope, that's nope. So I love that. And that's kind of how he managed. And like, (laughs) and clearly it worked. He rocked it. The guy was amazing. (laughs) And nobody's going to be perfect all the time because perfect people are boring and they don't exist. And that's not the, the goal. Yeah. And that's what I was just going to say. I don't think that exists. Um, We don't want it to. What if every person was walking around like friggin' snow white gross right <laughs> i know <laughs> i know right um yeah. it's got it's got to mean something you know so what is the stat that you came across in your research that has oh, shocked yeah. you well this scared me a little bit when yeah. i was researching cuz i started all of this way before the pandemic and i even had to use my tools before the pandemic even hit 
I was, I forgot to ask you that, but I wanted to know the timeline. Of like, yeah, it was, it was before the pandemic. Okay. But you know, you don't stop researching, do you? And mm -hmm. new studies are showing that the pandemic didn't just worsen depression and anxiety. It's caused them. Oh. Right. And it's because again, of this wiring and everyone was stressed out and there is a good reason for it. I'm not saying people do this on purpose. I didn't do this on purpose. Right. But when you think stressful thought after stressful thought and, you know, are we going to be okay? Is someone going to get sick and even die? Like it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And when I came across that statistic that it was causing depression, anxiety, and even schizophrenia. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And it scared me yeah. because, you know, stress had already been dubbed the epidemic of the 21st century before the stupid pandemic hit. So it's not like, you know, we were all riding around on our unicorns with our rainbows and eating Lucky Charms before this happened. Exactly. And that's, I think we forget to remember that, that I think we were generally just we were struggling then in ways, or we could see that we were not going in the right direction, at least. I don't know if anybody could have predicted the pandemic or to be as long and as significant as it's been, but still. So Annie, right now, like, why is it so important for someone to, if they're feeling like they can't manage stress well, to read your book or to reach out to you? Like, what are, what is the impact if, if someone isn't managing their stress? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to give you two, just two. One is it's going to keep getting worse. Because once your mind is wired that way, unless you take steps to correct it, and even pharmaceuticals have neuroplastic effects, okay, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't take those steps to fix it, it's it's not going to get better, right? And then your life, what does that become? And who are you in those moments? And then your health starts getting affected. And high stress, you know, I won't say that it causes the things I'm about to mention, but it's a definite player mm -hmm. in the things that, you know, heart disease, it's a huge player in any sort of inflammatory disease, autoimmune diseases, any sort of skin disorder like eczema, psoriasis is shown in asthma. It's shown in memory issues. It's shown in libido, low libido, low energy. I mean, we could go on and on and on, and I'm sure I could even come up with some links to cancer for you just because of the mitochondrial damage from the free radicals with the high levels of hormones mm -hmm. um, when your stress levels are chronic, right? But I don't have to dive into all that stuff. But it's it's detrimental on so many different levels. And I firsthand witnessed the damage it could do to relationships. I lost my business wow. because of it, because I lost Honestly, I, I, my mind got really whacked out. <laughs> this was all during that. This was all yes. during that time, Annie. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, my like, dad died. I mean, throw it, oh. throw it in there. It all happened. But I mean, I think I had to go through this stuff in order to get over my obvious stubbornness to thinking that I needed this stuff. But yeah, because I had someone take over a practice of mine in California that I had built, you know, almost a decade and loved and loved and loved. And I thought that the person wanted to steal it from me. And I I never even had a conversation to verify whether that was true. So that, like that's, my that's mind where was, you were at. Yes. My mind mm -hmm. was in such a bad worst case scenario place 
that it, I convinced myself that that is what was happening. I mean, it was wow. just, I know, I know, wow. I know. So how did you, okay, so going back to the story, how did you have the awareness to know that that, that your mind was just not right? Like it was kind of messing with you a bit. Well, it was, I'm telling you, it took my husband walking out the door. I so didn't that's what it was. It. No, yes. It was I didn't that, even that was the breaking point. It. it was the breaking point. It was the wake up call. Yeah. It was, it was the Annie, this is not right. Yeah. You know, this is honey, this is not a, how you want to be in your life, how you want to live your life. And no one was even saying you're not even being, well, my mom did try to tell me I wasn't being rational about the um, California situation, but I wouldn't listen to (laughs) her. Right. And you know, stress, stress shuts down your prefrontal cortex, which is your executive function, your decision-making and it can feed into your creativity. So like, I honestly literally wasn't able to be totally rational. Wow. So here we are now. Yeah. So when did you uh, write your book? Wasn't it just recent that you just released it? I I just published it in September. And once I figured out how well it worked, I dedicated everything I had to writing the book and getting it into people's hands because I never want anyone to live in that place. I call it stressville, but it is, it's like stress hell, you know, it's, it's so damaging. And I guess part of my story that's, that's good news is that most people don't get to the point that I got to, you know, most people won't be that stubborn, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) you know, to figure that out. So. Wow. Well, you know, I think you got there eventually, right. And I I think you were, you were meant to go through it for a reason and look what resulted. And now I think you're going to have a greater impact on others, like even beyond your patients. So, so do you still, and are you still practicing at the moment? I'm not at the moment. Mm -hmm. I have because honestly, this works better than anything I could give to somebody in my office. Wow. I feel like this, this is, this was such a game changer for me that I want to help everybody that I possibly can. I hear you. And it's hard when you're just one-on-one with someone when you can be helping. Yeah. And will I ever go back to it? Uh, Maybe it's just (laughs) that I see, I see what this can do. Mm-hmm. So now it's become my new mission, I guess. And yeah. I we'll see, you know, but it is my mission. That's awesome. Well, I'm super happy for you. And so if people wanted to grab the book or if they wanted to learn more about you, uh, where can they connect with you? Well, they can grab the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, IndieBound also is carrying it. And my website is drdoctoranniewhite.com. Love it. And Jack Canfield wrote your foreword, did he not? Oh my gosh. Yes. I love Jack Canfield. He's the best. (laughs) I was beyond, I was beyond over the moon. He loved the book so much that he wrote the foreword. I was blown away. I was so excited. I love that. That's an amazing story. He's such an amazing man. Yeah. I mean, I've heard him in interviews. I, I've like read Chicken Soups for the Souls and and um yeah, he's quite phenomenal and Yeah. So I think that's awesome. And I I love what you're doing and I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, So I highly encourage people to reach out or to, to head to Amazon and purchase it. Thank you. Is there anything you'd like to share before we sign off any last words of inspiration or encouragement? The power's in your hands, right? 
And that's what I like. I mean, I just want to empower people to know it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially I know in what healthcare. it's like to live there. Yeah. 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 And in, in healthcare, girl, that's so important yeah. to take your health into your own hands. And that's why your podcast is so important because that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're empowering people with solutions, with information to put it into their hands. That's exactly it. That's exactly the mission. Thank you so so much. You've been awesome and hilarious. <laughs> and, and super, <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> and super informative. So thank you so much. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. So if you guys like this podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. Your feedback means everything to me. Your reviews are what moves this podcast forward, and I always appreciate receiving them. If you want to get a hold of me directly, reach out to me on social media. My handles are in the show notes, and you can always subscribe to my weekly newsletters at jenniferGeorge.co so that we can stay connected. So until next time, thank you guys so much again for your ongoing support.